0: Practical Prepping Podcast, we're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way, where gear is good, but knowledge is better, because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley.
1: Well, good evening, and welcome to podcast number 108, and we are glad to be here with you tonight. In episode number 103, we talked about some safety rules and tips, and one of the things that we said was that a dull knife is a dangerous knife.
0: That's true. I have actually hurt myself with a dull knife, and I've rarely hurt myself with a sharp knife because I know it's sharp and I'm extra, extra careful.
1: So let's talk about knife sharpening.
0: Okay, the principles of knife sharpening. A sharp knife is a safe knife.
1: I think we've covered that.
0: A sharp knife is a time-saving knife. Mm -hmm. A sharp knife is a lifesaver.
1: It certainly can be.
0: And you need to sharpen it until you can shave the back of your hand or the hair on your arm.
1: Yeah, there was a period of time when I just had almost no hair on my left arm or the inside of my left calf from sharpening my knives and testing them.
0: I do want to let everyone know that our episode tonight is sponsored by Jim Curtis Knives. Jim Curtis is a master knife creator. He is well known in his field. He's been creating and fashioning handcrafted knives for a number of years. And at the end of our podcast, I'm going to give you more detailed information on where you can view some of Jim Curtis Knives for sale. Uh, You're going to want several of these in your collection. They are outstanding.
1: Absolutely beautiful as well and functional. All right, now let's talk about a few different types of sharpening systems. There's several types, and these run from 220 grit up to about 8,000 grit.
0: Okay, so the lower the number, you're talking about like a sandpaper type of grit. So the lower number is a rougher, coarser grit, and the higher number, the 8,000, is extremely fine and extremely soft to the touch.
1: Very, very smooth. Now, you've got Arkansas stones, and these run from soft to hard. And again, harder is finer. Oh, see. Okay. You have ceramic sharpeners. They run fine to ultra fine. You have diamond sharpeners. No, they don't look like diamonds diamond in a ring.
0: Well, I was about to say, you couldn't afford them. <laughs> Imagine a whole <laughs> block full of diamonds.
1: You have oil stones. They're aluminum oxide. You have water stones. There's a tri stone system. Then you have sharpening steel or butcher steel, and these are intended to hone blades. But it doesn't help if the blade is dull. It just touches up the edge.
0: So you'd have to sharpen first and then finish with that sharpening steel.
1: That's to use between uses in your kitchen. That's where that comes in. The butcher Mm -hmm. picks it up and he hits that steel a few times.
0: I've seen chefs on TV do that.
1: He's he or she is just touching up that knife to keep it sharp.
0: I see, because it's already it's it was already, already sharp, sharp to start with. Mm-hmm. All right, so you're talking about a multi stone sharpening system. What is that going to be entailing?
1: That is a system that uses clamps to hold the blade, and then uses rods to keep a stone at a certain angle. It's very very precise. And these systems come with several different stones in there, and you just change it out from step to step. And they run from extra coarse through extra fine ceramic. They are good for putting a good edge on a knife. Now, one of the things that you need to do is use the correct lubricant for the sharpener.
0: I see. See, I thought it would just be oil and nothing more.
1: No, there are some that are water Our diamond sharpener says to use water as a lubricant, not oil. Okay. But now you use oil for others. And a lot of people use rim oil, which is a gun oil. You can use honing oil. You can use light machine oil, such as 3-in-1 oil or Marvel Mystery Oil. But Jim Curtis says your apple will taste better if you use vegetable oil.
0: Oh, see, that makes sense.
1: It makes a lot of sense.
0: Treat your blade with a food-grade vegetable oil, and then any food you cut or slice is going to taste a lot better than some sort of machine oil.
1: I use whatever cooking oil you happen to have on hand. Okay. And not only do I use it for lubricating while sharpening, but I rub the entire knife down to prevent rust, because a good carbon steel blade will rust.
0: So let's talk about some sharpening methods.
1: Hand sharpening is usually done with a stone or some type of guided system, like I was talking about with the rides, the multi-stone systems. You can also do machine sharpening. Now, you have to be careful with the machine sharpening There used to be a lot of machine sharpening tools put out that's supposed to very quickly sharpen your knife in the kitchen. It was electric and you pulled it through.
0: I remember those from a long time ago.
1: And actually, it was two very coarse stones in there. Mm, Okay. It would replace the angles, but it did not put that fine edge on it. So Ah. you have to be careful with those.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: There's also handheld mini sharpeners and we have those in our bags. These are good for touching up an edge in the feel. And usually they are steel or ceramic or both, and it is a pull through. If you just place it on something solid, hold it in place and slide your knife through it, it touches up that edge And it does maintain the angle very quickly.
0: Now, you were talking about an angle on the sharp blade. You know, this is where people really need to understand that angle and that degree Mm -hmm. of of angle down to the sharpening edge.
1: Well, it seems like the lower the angle, the sharper that blade can be made, but the more fragile the edge will be. Now, you see a 30-degree angle in a lot of Japanese chef knives. And okay. That's 15-degree angle on each side, and that is very sharp. It seems
0: can, like that would be very narrow.
1: It is. Yeah. It's very uh-huh. narrow, and those knives usually have a very thin blade as well. I see. But that's very sharp, but it's a weak bevel, and it can get damaged with impact while chopping.
0: So those are probably designed to be used for a very different kind. Rather than chopping, it's probably used for some long slicing technique, something that's a little bit slow and guided.
1: I'm I'm talking in the kitchen.
0: Right. You, you, it's not going to be a chopping knife. It's better more for a slicing right, type but,
1: knife. Right. But- Some of these chefs, and we've seen them in the Japanese restaurants where Mm -hmm. they build a fire right in front of you and cook in front of your table. Yeah, I like this. And they'll chop up certain things with it.
0: They've got cleavers and things for that. Right. Mm
1: -hmm. But when they're just chopping up some vegetables to put in, they'll do that right there. And Mm -hmm. it can damage that blade. And so that's not a good EDC knife angle. It's not a good survival knife angle. It's a fragile angle. Now, when we get to the best balance between sharp and durability, we're talking 40 to 60 degrees, and that's 20 to 30 degree angle per side.
0: Okay. That just gives you more metal, gives you more substance.
1: And a more durable edge. Mm -hmm. It's great for EDC. And you can literally chop some wood, and then you can slice a tomato.
0: Oh, okay. Like a Ginsu or something.
1: Yeah, it Mm -hmm. will hold a very, very good edge. Once your knife is sharp, you don't need to sharpen it every week or two.
0: Okay, because you can probably over-sharpen your knife.
1: Well, you can just keep wearing the blade down. That's
0: what I'm thinking. You might be putting more damage, actually, in the long run if you're trying to sharpen it every time you use it. Just touch it up when you need to.
1: If you look at an old-timer's pocket knife that he's been carrying for 40, 50 years, you'll see the effects of that knife having been sharpened so many times that it has worn that blade back some.
0: Yes, the actual blade goes away. Yes. It wears down.
1: But you don't need to sharpen it every week. The blade usually just needs to be touched up.
0: Okay, what would be some good ways to do that?
1: Well, you can do it with that V-shaped ceramic system. You can use one of those pull-through that's very fine and just touch that up. You can also strop it okay. by using a leather strop like the old barber used to use.
0: Mm-hmm. We saw that in a cowboy movie not too mm-hmm. long ago. They went to the tonsorial parlor, which was also the barber, and he was stropping that straight razor on that long leather strop.
1: Now, you can also use a leather belt. Now, okay. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't use my
0: Not a good belt. I
1: wouldn't use the Beltman gun belt because you will eventually damage that piece of leather or it will show marks on it. But you can put a piece of leather and it's probably best to find a non-stitched inch or inch and a half wide belt and you can pick them up at the thrift store.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's plenty there.
1: And I'm thinking the longer, the better.
0: And needs to be real leather.
1: Real leather. Not some kind
0: of polyester or plastic.
1: This is where you don't want the genuine imitation leather. Yeah, you don't want want the Corinthian leather. leather. (laughs) And just you can mount it on a workbench or you can put some type of loop in it that you can put your foot through it and hold it with the other end and strop that on that leather belt.
0: Now, when would you do the stropping technique?
1: Well, that's the finishing off after sharpening. That's your last step.
0: What does that actually do?
1: It just removes any little burrs in that edge.
0: Oh, okay. So the, it just has a nice, clean, smooth mm-hmm. edge.
1: You can also use it to touch up a blade after use. We mentioned that barber using that straight razor. Mm-hmm. He did it every single time he used that straight razor. Okay. Okay. He didn't have to have it sharpened very often because he stropped it right after every so use. So that kept
0: it smooth and clean.
1: And then they put the hot lather and shaved around your ears. And, you mm-hmm. know, I, I can remember that hadn't been that long ago that they would still do that, but mm-hmm. you don't find that very often Not anymore. Not so
0: much anymore.
1: Mm-mm. But you can still buy strops, but they are a little pricey. And so I would go with the belt. I've okay. got a piece of leather out in the garage that. It's only about six inches and I use it for stropping as well.
0: Very cool. Well, this is good information about good care of keeping our knives sharp and they are much safer. You've got to be very careful with a sharp knife. And don't become careless, Mm -hmm. but realize that a sharp knife is going to work at its finest, and that's exactly what you want it to do. Mark is a bit of a knife nut. He loves a good knife, and that's the very reason that I purchased for him a handcrafted Jim Curtis knife. Because a custom knife seems to have its own personality. It's unlike any of those generic knives you get at a big box store. Mark has a Jim Curtis knife that just screams, look at me, handle me, use me. It is made of Alabama Damascus steel, which holds a razor-sharp edge, and it is adorned with a beautiful red, white, and blue micarta handle. I had it built for him special for a Christmas gift last year, and he proudly carries it as an off-duty EDC knife. You can have your Jim Curtis knife built to your design specifications. Or you can select one that he's already designed and built, ready to be purchased. Whichever you choose, it will come with a lifetime guarantee, lifetime sharpening, and two band-aids. Yes, it's just that sharp. Check out Jim Curtis Knives on Facebook at facebook.com slash jimcurtisknives. Or drop him an email at J. Curtis7MM at yahoo.com. Both of these links are in our show notes and we'll also put them on the Practical Prepping
1: website. We'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the podcast today. If you haven't done this already, go ahead and click the subscribe button so you'll never miss one of our episodes and share it with your friends and family. You can reach us on Facebook at Practical Prepping. You can email us at info at practicalprepping.info. And our website is practicalprepping.info. And as always, remember, stuff happens, stay prepared.